Welcome to Unprofessional and Unprepared, our lighthearted weekly conversation about sports, life, fatherhood, and whatever else comes up with no script and no preparation. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and this week we talk about a big Browns win, the college football playoff versus the college football polls, and we revisit some old off-the-field topics. I'm joined tonight by three of the best ever. Phil Danko is here. Hi, Gerbs. Thanks for having me. Chuck Rambaldo is here as well. Yo! Is that good energy? <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. Thank you for bringing the energy. <laughs> for the first time since 2006, Tommy Burke is back. Oh, so good to be here. And uh, wait, Phil's here? That's yeah. weird. I know. <laughs> Chucky, let's start with you tonight. Last week, the board game Risk was inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame. To be considered, a toy must have withstood tests of time and memory, changed play or toy design, and fostered learning, creativity, or discovery. Risk beat out several other potential Hall of Famers, including piñatas. The piñata originated in China and was brought to Italy in the 13th century by Marco Polo, himself the inventor of an amazing game. By the 14th century, the piñata arrived in Spain and later spread to the Americas. (laughs) The piñata, therefore, has been a staple of celebrations for 7,000 years. Chuck, what the hell does a pinata have to do to get its gold jacket? <laughs> First off, the Marco Polo joke was money. I don't know Thank why. Uh, it was great. <laughs> um, but yeah, 7,000 years of entertaining uh, family, children. Uh, all of us have been a part of a pinata party at some point. I assume it, I'm going to have to buy one at some point for Chip uh, yeah. coming up. So risk. Okay, not not the greatest board game I've ever played, but I'm down to uh, smack anything with a stick or a bat. And if candy or gold falls out, I want in on it. Uh, so I don't know why it gets no respect, but that's horseshit. I agree. Really? Although risk is a pretty great game. Uh, you know, let's not I don't want to sleep on risk. It is deserving of its place in the Hall of Fame. Moving on, we'll start our first segment. We'll stay at home and we will start with our beloved Cleveland Browns who played the Cincinnati Bengals today. Browns score a much needed win on the road, controlling the game all the way to a 41 to 16 final. The Browns are back over 500. They're five and four on the year. And I'm looking forward to talking about the game, but we are not going to mention the names of any players who are no longer with the Browns (laughs) on offense. Tommy was the best thing you saw from the Browns this week that we didn't see against the Steelers last week. Uh, OBJ wasn't there. Oh, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> this is why you're only allowed to come every five years. <laughs> yeah, well, you set me up for that one. I mean, Chubb had a great game and you need to stick to the run early on. I was actually surprised that they didn't run more, which we, we actually talk about that a lot. Why aren't they running more and they need to run more. But they did a great job. Hooper had a, a, a nice game today. When we needed a, a big play, Hooper was there for some nice, nice yep. passes. We got to use the tight ends. You know, I just think that they did a good job mixing it up. Baker was spreading it around, and it was it was nice to see. So other than uh, BJ not being there, I'll, I'll leave it to the rest of the guys. <laughs> Phil, what do you think? What was the best part you saw from what the offense could do this week that it just couldn't do last week in a game where it could only score 10 points? Two things were really obvious uh, to answer that question. One, uh, we actually threw the ball downfield. So the vertical passing attack was there. We connected on many of those passes, which was great. But even as we discussed last week, even if they were incompletions, just the fact that we're throwing the ball down the field, 30 and 40 plus yards was a part of the offense that was missing against the Steelers. And then as Burke alluded to establishing a dominant run game again was huge. Uh, That was something that it just looked like Chubb wasn't all the way back last week, and this week he looked like Nick Chubb again. Yeah, I thought he looked a lot healthier. I thought that was that was big. Chucky, what did you yell at your TV more today? Run the damn ball, or <laughs> that's a really good solid play call in that situation? <laughs> Neither. I don't think I yelled either of those at my TV today. What um, were you yelling at your TV then? Very early on, it was the uh, lining up offside stuff. Uh, like yeah. <laughs> how, how do you continue to make that mistake oh my over God. and over and over? Yeah. That's the only thing I really yelled. Other than that, I was um, mostly yelling in excitement. So uh, neither option. 
How about that? What did you think of Baker today, Chucky? I thought uh, he, he played a really nice game. I love the fact, Phil already talked about it, that he threw the ball downfield. Uh, I love the fact that he spread the ball around. I think eight different receivers caught the ball today. And I really love the fact that all week long, this narrative, I'm not supposed to say anything about names. Thank you. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, no problem. I think we all realize at this point, that's how he likes to play. Uh, when he's being questioned or when his back's against the wall. And I'm not saying he set the world on fire today. He did not, uh, but the ball came out of his hand uh, really well, especially on some of those deep balls. That dime he threw to Njoku again in the end zone. Mostly, I just, I don't think there's ever been an athlete in our lifetime in this town, other than maybe Peyton Hillis, that this city loves so much and wants to succeed so badly he is like the epitome of of cleveland i don't know if you guys saw like him coming off the field and the ovation he got in cincinnati from the fans that were there yeah uh, and like tip the cap and everything and i i root for that dude i'll always root for that dude that was my favorite part of today uh seeing him kind of answer whatever questions there were uh knowing he's not healthy uh, and going into what we all said was a good team over the last couple of weeks and, and pretty much, well, not just him defense had something to do with it too. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but we will, uh, we will, we'll doing, get there yeah, doing everything under his power uh, to assure that they would win the game. Offense scored, you know, 34 points today. Uh, was this a dominant performance by the Browns offense? Yes, but it came late. I think uh, even though we were never really we didn't let the Bengals back in the game once we took the lead. The reason I said yes is I felt like the offense finally, and, and this had a lot to do with Baker Mayfield today, finally responded every time the Bengals scored, which wasn't that many times, the Browns went out there and put points on the board, be it a field goal or a touchdown. I was really worried early on because our, our defense had played the entire first quarter. I'm like, God, they're not going to be able to play the rest of this game. And the Browns offense went out there with four minutes left in the first quarter and put together a five-minute drive to score a touchdown, give the defense a break, and then they never stop scoring. So I'm going to say it was dominant. That said, I think we left points on the field, and we got field goals out of it. That's fine. At least we weren't going for it on fourth down and getting sacked. But inside the five-yard line, we continue to struggle as an offense of scoring the six instead of the three. And that was a little concerning. Again, we won 41 to 16. So right. I wasn't too worried, but at the same time, like that's something that, you know, it needs to be fixed, I think. Tommy, what do you think the Browns should do when they have the ball inside their opponent's five-yard line? <laughs> I get what Phil's saying. It's very frustrating that you have the maybe the best running back in the league, and then you go away from him and you try to get cute and throw a little, like, fade passes well, like to running Landry, running, running like a jet sweep with Landry. Yeah, well, today. yeah, Landry, you like, run, running an option where Landry is going to either run it or pitch it on third down when you can just go ahead and, you know, barrel forward and just run. They were uh, beating them at uh, the last scrimmage big time. Let Chubb do his thing, yet they want to like get cute. Like I, I didn't like the throw to Njoku either, where it's like you toss it up. We ended up scoring a touchdown there. But still, why are you throwing the fade to Njoku when you can just run the ball? That, that yeah. actually should have been picked off when they threw the little fade to Njoku. So I don't like getting cute inside the, you know, in the red zone. Just stick to what works and Chubb works. So just give him the ball. And let's just, you know, go from there. The things that make you wonder about whether this is a truly dominant performance by the offense is number one, it was kind of an odd game in that they they didn't control time of possession. They didn't control the ball, really. They scored their points on either big plays or getting the short end of the field from the turnovers, but they couldn't score in the red zone. And it wasn't a problem today. They played they played really well after a tough week, and it's a really good, solid win and a good, solid performance by the offense. As the season goes on and you keep playing good teams, you got to score touchdowns when you're inside the five, and it just seems silly to be running trick plays then. Again, one of those times. You're never going to complain too much about this type of game, but Chucky, give me a game ball for the offense. And the obvious choice is Nick Chubb. After this week, I would like to... To hand it to Baker Mayfield. I, I think he played a fantastic game for, for the situations he was put in. I'll backtrack for one second here because I don't think that fade to Njoku was a bad call. I think it's a great call because he was on a linebacker and he's probably had five inches on him. And if Baker throws that ball, maybe six 
seven inches higher, he just comes down with yeah, it very that easily. That might just be a bad throw. <laughs> so the pass, yeah, it, so maybe me, the pass it was, is the problem. I, yeah, I, I got it, you, it, it was the pass. Yeah. It was the pass. I, I think, I'm, I'm trying to think if we've ever kind of thrown that fade route over the last 10 years where I watch other teams do it every week. If it would have been higher, it would have been fine. But again, for, for the week that it was, and he's the only one uh, in that scenario answering those kind of questions uh, about the guy we can't really talk about because nobody really talked to him this week. He, he deserves that game ball. Phil? I, lo- I like the choice of Baker. I had him on my list as well for answering, scoring drives, not turning the ball over today. He looked really, really accurate. You almost forgot that he's also playing pretty banged up still. <laughs> like he, he he looked good out there today. And uh, the line did a great job of keeping him relatively clean. He got a hit a, co- hit a couple times, but, but really not nearly as bad as last week against the Steelers. So I think, you know, Chuck's on to something there. This is a week where uh, I think Baker Mayfield deserves the game ball for things on and off the field. Tom? I mean, I agree completely. I'll uh, I'll give a separate one to uh, DPJ. You know, he caught the long ball, but it was just nice having him back. And, and you know, he's starting to solidify himself as a top wide receiver, I think, in my opinion. Like, he's, he's going to be very good. And he made big plays. Coming out of college – a lot of people wondered about him as to whether he can actually be a very good wide receiver. And I think he's starting to prove that, you know, he can be. He's making good plays. To be able to, like, go over the top, and and I love the fact that they they came out of that uh, turnover or whatever it was and went just went deep on the first play. And yeah. he and he took them, you know, he took them deep, and it was great. That was a great play. It's nice to see him him playing well because a lot of people didn't give him a lot of credit and i you know i think he's proven people wrong well with all that i guess i'll just go with nick chubb since he had like 140 (laughs) on the ground today (laughs) good game Uh, good game yeah uh like phil mentioned before i think he looks healthy again this week uh he looked fast he looked strong and he played an absolutely fantastic game i think he only had 14 carries and he got 140 some, but yeah, right. Um, so I'll go ahead and give him the game ball since you guys <laughs> left the low hanging fruit there for me. I appreciate it. I did say it at the beginning that I know he's the obvious choice. Yeah. Here. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the offense was big, but there was a huge D on the field today. Uh, we finally got some <laughs> turnovers. Was the defense doing something different or did their luck and the bounces just finally start going their direction today? The only thing I I may have noticed that they did differently today was blitz from the secondary. Uh, And maybe they have in previous games without success, but it seemed very successful today. The turnovers, I assume, were because of the fact that we talked about this, that they needed more turnovers (laughs) last week or the week before that. And I know that they are following our game plan to a T. So yeah. Oh uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, the only thing, yeah, it just seemed like they played a really good game. The secondary played very well. The line played very well. The linebackers played very well. So uh, the only thing difference I saw was like blitzing from the secondary. Tommy, what'd you like about the defense today? Well, let's see. We had a DB with three sacks today. So that was uh that was pretty nice, right? They they brought at the right time. <laughs> Denzel breaking on that pass was outstanding, taking obviously 99 yards. Yeah. That that was a great play. I'm still trying to figure out why he needed oxygen for the next the entire uh, quarter 45 minutes. After that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. If it you were you think me, that they I, run during the week, yeah. like during practice, yeah, yeah. do they? Right. I don't know. I'm not sure. Kind of they might not be working on uh, cardio. I'm not sure. <laughs> we might need to work in some cardio during practice. So I'm not sure. Maybe like an uh, elliptical was, machine or something. Yeah, I don't know. that was a little weird, but uh, obviously great play there. I mean, he jumped that pass. Uh, that was outstanding. But you know, we were struggling first half. I mean, they were driving right down the field. And, you know, obviously we had that, that pick that, which was great, but they were still driving down the field. Most, most of the game, uh, most of the first half, I'm sorry. We, we turned it around though. We started to make some nice plays. Uh, the Dean line played very well. They started to get some pressure. And, um, so they, uh, they turned that around because, uh, I mean, Burrow was eating them up, but not after what, after the first quarter and a half, uh, yeah. we, we started really putting the pressure on them. So it was nice. Phil, what do you think the, about the job they did on Jamar Chase today? Uh, it was outstanding. Uh, absolutely shut that guy down. And it wasn't just one guy uh, because, as you guys mentioned, Denzel started the game on him and then had to sit for a quarter to get his win back. So they had uh, Greedy oh, out Newsom, there. Newsom, Newsom played Newsom, on him a lot. Newsom yeah. moved yeah. on. Yes, Newsom. So both Denzel and Newsom had amazing pass defenses, so to speak, mm-hmm. you, you know, where they – 
they broke on a ball and batted away. The chase was a non-factor, uh, really, as it as the game went on, and they took that away from the Bengals' offense. So it was fantastic. I think we came into this game probably about as healthy as we've ever been in the defensive backfield. Uh, we didn't end the game that way, unfortunately, but at least we came in and we had almost all the DBs ready to yeah. go. Yeah, it looked like Greed left the game with another yeah, shoulder, shoulder injury. Yep, and, same shoulder, um, too, yep. We'll see how that goes this week. Chucky, the Browns defense in the last three weeks has given up 14 points, 15 points, and 16 points. Really good or a worrisome trend? <laughs> well, if they give up 17 next week, we're fucked. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? I'm thinking by the time they get to the Super Bowl, they'll be giving up like 30. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> I, I don't think it's the worrisome trend. I think I, I think. You saw today every unit, whether it was D-line or linebacking core or secondary especially play, probably one of their best, if not their best games of the year in one way or another. I mean, Joe Burrow got his dupa handed to him plenty of times. I don't know Is how your mom still times. in the room, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. He got uh, pushed. <laughs> He got knocked down an awful lot. He got hurried even more. He was sacked plenty of times, the turnover stuff. Uh, so I'm hoping this is this is the trend, maybe. Even when the offense has been sputtering the past few weeks, it seems like the defense is playing better and better. Uh, and I can imagine it's only going to continue to improve because, again, they're, you know, they're missing JOK, who I think was a really important part of that defense in the first you know six games of the year or so before he got hurt. Bring that guy back. Um, that linebacking core is playing well. I, I think it's really impressive in today's NFL that they can put up those types of numbers three weeks in a row because this league is designed to score way more points than that every week. If the offense can score 20, we should be able to win games. And, and that's something. Danko, game ball on the defense. There's a lot of... Uh... A lot of possibilities here. I'm going to go with Anthony Walker Jr. to start. He led the team in tackles. He had like 14 tackles. He was all over the place. Gosh, he had uh, after... 14 tackles today. Yeah, yeah. Boy, yeah. I didn't even, yeah. I didn't even notice yeah. that. I mean, I knew yeah. he was playing well, but I didn't yeah. have no yeah, idea it was like really that. Well. That's a lot for those keeping score at home, right? Uh, that's a lot of tackles. <laughs> Not only that, it was a rough start to the game for the the defense in that first quarter, and he really kind of rallied the troops around him. His leadership showed out today. Uh, I, there were a couple uh, chippy plays after the play where teams were getting into fights and things like that. And he was physically removing our really important starting defensive players from those fights. <laughs> so, so people like Harrison wouldn't hit a coach and he'd get ejected. So uh, I, I really like to see uh, Walker's leadership and he had a sack as well. So he, he really filled the stat line today. Big game for that guy. Tommy, how about you game ball for the defense? Yeah, I'm going to go Harrison for not getting thrown out today. Um, <laughs> great job. You got a really I, low standard for game balls. I really do. Uh, yeah, no, I think you got to go. I mean, Denzel's the like you say, the low hanging fruit. Yeah, uh, Denzel had a great game taking that one back. He made other plays too. I mean, yeah, that's he, he I played really say. well today. It wasn't today. just that. It one wasn't ball. just the pick. Yeah, you know, after taking a quarter off because he needed oxygen, he played pretty well after that too. So, <laughs> so that was good. So no, he had a really good game. Chucky, how about you? I think I'm going to three-peat here. Three weeks in a row, I'm going to say the same dude. Uh, I think it's Greg Newsom again. Only because every time a ball is thrown his way, he is all over those receivers. Uh, and he was beat once today. And like one of them would have been a huge gain. I think Chase yep. might have dropped one where he was yeah. on him. But still... Uh, a rookie who has stepped up uh, and stepped in and uh, is, uh, cover your ears, Tommy, a lot more reliable than Denzel Ward. At least <laughs> I feel that way more recently. It doesn't have anything to do with the oxygen. I think sometimes he's made a paper mache, but um, I think Newsom, I don't know if he's something special, but he's been really solid uh, for the past mm -hmm. three weeks. So uh, especially, it doesn't matter. You saw him covering their number one a lot today and, Last week, you saw him covering their number one. So uh, I expect hopefully he stays healthy, more growth uh, in maybe four weeks in a row. I'll say it again. I think he's our first three-time champion for, for game balls during the season. So I think I'm going to go with Joe Wood because even though I don't know anything about football, I've complained about the job he has done several <laughs> times this year. And I think we talked a little bit a few minutes ago about how they were blitzing more from the secondary but they were doing it at really opportune times. And that's, I think, entirely on him to call that play and to know that, hey, this is the situation where this is going to work. And it helped stall drives. It helped them really control that second half. So for all the complaining we do about Joe Wood, I'm going to give him my game ball 
for today, which means the guy who set a Browns record for yeah. sacks in a single yeah. game didn't get a game ball from any of us. So how how Sorry, good was Troy. our defense? How, how good was our defense that none of us mentioned Troy Hill or Miles Garrett, and they yeah. accumulated yeah. four and a half sacks yeah. in today's game? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, that was a huge D. Um, <laughs> Big D. So enough talking about a nice win over the Bengals. Let's look ahead to next week. The Browns are going to travel to New England for a game against their former coach, Bill Belichick, and the Patriots. The Pats have won three in a row now and have really turned a season around and and are looking pretty, pretty good. Chuck, Burke, and Miller in our preseason picks all took the Patriots. Denko, you and I took the Browns. So does anybody want to change their pick from the preseason going into next week's game. I'm changing. No? I'm going Browns. Nice. Burke, you're changing. Scared again. <laughs> I'm not scared. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. So, Burke, you're going to go Browns. Why? New England obviously is solid, but nobody stands out on that team. I mean, I get it that they're, they're winning games. I'm not that impressed <laughs> with that team. I've watched some of their games but i they don't really impress me and if we can if we can put together a game like we did today i i think we're in good shape i think we i, I think we beat them it certainly seems like if we could corral all of the weapons that the bengals have we should be able to handle the weapons that yeah that you the patriots think, right? have but we'll see okay so move burke over into the brown side of the line and just chuck and miller standing alone Hoping the Patriots win next week. I'm not hoping. (laughs) (laughs) Hoping they win. Hoping they win. All right. Well, Chucky, sorry. We got to move on. We're out of time. I got it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're a Patriots fan. All right. Let's go. (laughs) We'll move off the Browns. We'll talk some Cavs, our sip of wine and gold. A great week for a Cavs team that's playing shorthanded. Uh, They played four games this week without Kevin Love, this Markinen guy. I don't know his first name, but he's pretty good. And Isaac Okoro was out too. And they went out and they won all four games, all against good teams. Jared Allen, this guy signed a $100 million deal during the offseason, and it was not met with rave reviews from the national media. This week, points and rebounds, he went 24 and 16, 24 and 17, 16 and 15, and he had 18 and 17 in the garden against the Knicks today. Are you starting to fall in love with Jared Allen? I love Jared Allen. I am <laughs> in love with Jared Allen, and I have now completed three different man crushes in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, how about you? Starting to fall I'm, in love with Jared Allen? Yeah, I'm hoping to uh, date him very soon. Um, I'd like to take him out for dinner. No, he was, uh, he's been studly. I mean, he's a very good player. Although I'm more in love with, I think Rubio. I, I think he's actually been the uh, the uh, sexy this, European, this, sexy uh, European. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the straw that stirs the drink, is, I think, is what I was trying to go for there. Yeah, uh, he's uh, stirring yeah. the drink. He's been awesome and awesome today. Rubio had 37 points today, right? Which and, is and then went against a good New York Knicks team. Chucky, yeah. what about you? In love with Jared Allen. Still in love with well, Ricky Rubio? Well, well, somebody, right, if that's what the as, right term is. As, as somebody who has pretty uh, nappy hair, I am in love with his blown out somewhat afro at times. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but as a player, yeah. A, a guy who's uh, double doubling almost every night, sure. Uh, why not? What's not to love about that guy? I can't believe they won four games this week. That, Me that neither. blows my mind. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> that is yeah. nuts. Yeah. yeah. The and, world and, doesn't understand that. <laughs> and, and they're just, they're playing really well. They play great defense. It yeah. doesn't matter if you beat somebody on the outside before you get like a dunk or a layup, you've got to go through two seven footers at least. <laughs> and when marketing comes back, there'll be a third one out there yeah. in the regular rotation. It's not taco taco made his first appearance tonight. He did. Was only, there was only like a minute left or something, but still, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. He, he like looked feet tall. Yeah. He's like he looked really he's tall. Like, we've got yeah. an eight footer out there. Yeah. <laughs> Mobley walked by him and you're just like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Mobley like yeah. five, eight. What's what that guy? Yeah, point guard. <laughs> so next week, the Cavs are only playing three games, which really makes me sad. The Wizards, the Pistons and the Celtics all coming to Cleveland for the week. Wizards are pretty good. Pistons and the Celtics are not. Now we have consistently underestimated the Cavs. Can they get four wins in three games next week? <laughs> Only if Taco Fall plays. No, they cannot get four wins in three games. Still going to be a doubter, huh? Yeah, I I, I just don't see that fourth win coming when they only have three games on the schedule. (laughs) Are they winning three, Danko? 
Are they taking yeah. all three of those games? No, I think they're going to go two and one. Yeah, I think that's the best case scenario. Is, is well, three and zero is the best case, but in my opinion, two and one, four and zero would be uh, the best. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't think the Celtics are that bad of a basketball team, so uh, maybe they get tripped up there. Uh, I'm going with uh, seven wins next week. Um, I think they're gonna they're gonna There's win some double headers in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There's gonna be some foreigning games. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yes, they're gonna they're gonna win all of them. Well, I yeah. I think they got a shot to win all three games next week. They're playing really well. Go yeah. Cavs! And certainly, if they keep winning, they're gonna start getting more time on this pod. But for now, we got to take our first break. Come back, head out on the road. Unprofessional and unprepared is brought to you by this proud sponsor. Everyone knows a good night's sleep is priceless. But if you're like most men, your snoring keeps your wife up and angry. While you're snoring away in a deep sleep, your wife is discovering her darker side as she kicks, punches, or takes other steps to stop you from breathing like a full-grown pig. This holiday season, don't buy her jewelry or dish towels or even workout videos. Give her the gift of sleep. Give her DJ Snores. DJ Snores is the revolutionary new sleep system that works with your snores to create a peaceful environment for your wife as soon as your head hits the pillow. DJ Snores is so simple, anyone can use it. Just click the speaker over your nose when you get into bed, and DJ Snores does the rest. Anytime you start snoring, DJ Snores turns your sound from sawing logs to your wife's favorite song or music. Does she love Taylor Swift? Then tune DJ Snores to Love Story and help your country pop girl fade to a romantic sleep. If your girl likes HGTV, DJ Snores can play hours of people talking about house hunting, remodeling, and tiling backsplashes. If your special lady is into sports, let DJ Snores turn your disgusting snorts into Jim Nance, calmly and quietly describing each hole at Augusta for eight hours. Whatever she's into, DJ Snores can deliver using only your disgusting nighttime breathing. DJ Snores, snore her to sleep. Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment. We'll head out on the road. As always, we'll start with the NFL my Tom Brady should be retired jokes are on a bye this week. They're really looking forward to the week off, getting healthy, coming back next week. I did not want to talk during the Browns segment about Odell Beckham Jr. because uh, I wanted to focus on the Browns. Uh, he is obviously the biggest name that will change teams this late in the season. So I want to talk about where you thought he might end up. And I thought we could play all hell, hell yes or all hell no. I've got a list of teams. I've got kind of my arguments for why he'd be a good fit. Give me your all hell yes or all hell no. And then at the end, you guys can tell me if you think there's any any teams that I missed. But first one up, the Saints. Obvious choice for him because they tried to trade for him last week before the trade deadline. Uh, their best receiver is out for the season. Uh, they're 31st in the league right now in passing yards per game. But they're still in the hunt for the wild card in the NFC. OBJ to the Saints. Ah, hell yes or ah, hell no. Oh, hell yes is... Uh... And, you know, that's him going home. So that's, you know, that's obviously the option. And I've heard that that's, that's kind of maybe the the main spot for him to land. I don't know if that's a, you know, if he wants to necessarily win this year. I don't know. Right. That's a that might be the uh, yeah. option. Yeah, that might be the downside uh, for that. So I don't, I don't necessarily see that as being a great option. But that's, that's what I've heard anyways. Chucky, the Saints. Ah, hell yes. Ah, hell no. Saying all oh, hell no, unless Drew Brees decides to come back and start for the rest of the season. Um, OBJ wants to go to a team that's going to compete for a Super Bowl championship. <clears throat> he left one. But anyway, uh, it's definitely not going to be the Saints. <laughs> Phil, what do you think? Saints? So I'm going to say all hell no to the Saints because he may end up there next year or, or down the road. But this year, I agree with Chuck. He's going to go somewhere where he's going to win. Next one uh, is the Indianapolis Colts. They are down to only one good wide receiver right now. And with Derrick Henry out probably for the rest of the year, that division is now wide open for the Colts. So, Phil, could OBJ end up on the Colts? Ah, hell yes or ah, hell no? I'm going to say ah, hell no. And I'm going to base it on just the average quarterback play. Chucky? I think Phil hit it on the head. He's in his mind. He's trading the same quarterback for the same quarterback there a guy who struggles occasionally injuring more injury prone the breaker that's for sure but gerb that's a, he's a decent fit there with Pittman yeah. on the other side like yep you know in, in a vision that that they could compete in yeah. actually yeah that's 
Oh, hell maybe. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, what do you think? Any I'm chance gonna go, OBJ? Oh, hell no. You're going yeah, I'm going to go, oh, hell no. I don't see him wanting to go to that team. Out of all the teams that he can go to, I don't, I don't see that being as a team he wants to go to. Mostly I wanted the Colts on the list because I'd be thoroughly entertained by him playing with Carson Wentz. I think that would be um, a nightmare for everybody involved. The obvious and you know NFL coverage favorite possible landing spot for him is the New England Patriots. Uh, they're a playoff contender that for whatever reason seems like they pick three fans a week from the crowd to play wide receiver. I think Nelson Aguilar is their best wide receiver right now, and I don't even think I said his name right. Uh, but they do have a history, of course, you know, 20 years ago doing this with Randy Moss. So, Chucky, what do you think? Patriots? Ah, hell yes. Ah, hell no. I, I think out of the out of the three we've gone through so far, that has the most potential there. Yeah, they they've they haven't had a real number one since Randy Moss. Something about troubled players aren't all that troubled when they play for Bill Belichick. Uh, I think it's a respect thing that, uh, and, and he's probably the greatest coach of all time, Paul Brown, Vince Lombardi, whatever. I think he fits there, but again talking about a, a rookie quarterback uh, but it'd be really nice if they picked him up and they played against him next week <laughs> i'd be yeah. all for that <laughs> so oh I, oh man oh i mean out of the options that you've listed so far oh hell yeah i'm gonna go oh hell no i don't think belichick wants him and i also don't think that he's a number one he hasn't played like a number one i don't see it i don't think it works i mean go ahead and take him i'd be fine with him being on the patriots and uh, us playing them this week I just don't see it. I don't think that's a fit. I don't think the Patriots are a fit for him. So I'm going to say all hell no for some of the reasons that you guys mentioned. I, I also think like that's just, again, I guess I'm looking at it from OBJ gets to choose as opposed to he gets signed by someone on waivers. And no way would he want to be involved in a rookie quarterback situation in New England. Kind of agree with Burke. I don't, I don't know that Belichick looks at that like, oh, here's what we need right now. Uh, this is this is the guy we need to make sure, uh, what's our quarterback's name? Mac Jones doesn't feel intimidated by any of his wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a chance that he could end up there because they do need help at wide receiver, whether he's not a number one, you know, he may not be that anymore, but they could still use help at wide receiver. And Belichick's just one of those guys that I think, like Chucky was saying, can get a bad guy to play good. Mm -hmm. And it, maybe it's not as much a risk putting him with a rookie quarterback in New England as it would be someplace wait, else. Wait, wait, did Tom Brady have nothing to do with that in the past? I think maybe <laughs> Tom Brady had a role in that sure. too, right? Uh, man, I think you got to believe in that organization. They've been doing it yeah. and doing it at a high level for a really long time. So, I mean, you know, you got to give Brady, you got to give Belichick some credit too for yeah. being able to figure that thing out and figure out the He's not Randy Moss either, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Of course. And he's definitely not Rand what Randy Moss was when he came to right. New England. He still had a lot of good uh, years left. Last one, and this is comes from obviously terrible situation, but what about the Raiders who have just lost, mm -hmm. you know, one of their best wide receivers? I, I would say forever. There, there's no way Rugg, nope. in my opinion, plays in the NFL ever again. Um, I have a feeling he We'll spend some time in jail probably for what happened. The Raiders need a wide receiver. I think they signed Deshaun Jackson today, which I don't know if OBJ is better or worse than him, but are the Raiders an option? Deshaun Jackson, is he 48 years old at this point? <laughs> I, I, He's older than us now, Tom. Yeah, I believe so. I think he passed us up. Great pickup, Raiders. Good job. I mean, I guess that could be a good spot for him, but I, again, I don't think that OBJ looks at the Raiders as being a place where you have a, a good future there. Gosh, for, they've got a good quarterback. They uh, do. They're in first place in their division right now, and the Chiefs look rot. Derek Carr has never really proven don't get me wrong. I think he's been a, a, a good quarterback. He's He's been solid, but it's still the Raiders, and they haven't really been able to prove that they have can put a, a team that can go deep in the playoffs. No, no I, I don't see it, and OBJ doesn't. I don't think he wants any part of that. Chuck, what do you think? Raiders an option for OBJ? Yeah, I mean, I think so, just as much as the Patriots are, a, a team that's probably in a better position to win this year, a team in need of a wide receiver, even though I, I didn't know they signed Deshaun Jackson, so maybe he fills that hole, but not really. We've all seen him. Yeah. Well, actually, we haven't all seen him play over the past few years because uh, he's bounced around to a few different teams. He's still real fast. I know that. Yeah, as far as fits, I guess, yeah, I'm just... I want to hear what Phil has to say because I'm 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 just hoping that he doesn't clear waivers. I'm hoping that the one team that has plenty of cap space 
and that John Dorsey is involved with right now puts in that <laughs> yeah. waiver claim, and he and he he sits there for the rest of the year. Let's go Lions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Phil, do you, do you think there's a chance he ends up with the Raiders? Uh, you know, I kind of, uh, if I was OBJ, I, I would be intrigued by the Raiders situation. I, maybe we're looking at this from the wrong perspective too. Do we think OBJ wants to go somewhere where he can win a championship or does he want to go somewhere where he's going to get 12 to 15 balls a game he's still a pretty young player and if he can stay healthy he's got a long career ahead of him still he left because he wasn't getting the ball thrown his way so you know you put him on a Raiders team and uh I gotta think Derek Carr's getting him the ball 10 to 15 times a game from here on out okay so real fast just give me your pick of the team where you think OBJ will actually end up Tom let's see I think he uh clears waivers and I actually think he may end up in uh, Baltimore. What a dick. Okay, Chucky. <laughs> I didn't say I wanted him. Not to you, be there. not I you, really OBJ. Wish, I, I wish. Oh, just, right. I, I hope he doesn't clear waivers. I, I really do hope he plays for the Lions. <laughs> At least he's claimed by the Lions. I, I think the case for the Raiders makes a lot of sense. Very big market. And he likes a spotlight right on yeah. him at all times. Yeah. Not that I'd be terrified if he went to baltimore but they're a really good team right now still with their injuries and and really don't ever have a great wide receiver um but i don't know if they really need him uh to win so man maybe it's the raiders maybe i've been swayed phil where do you think he ends up as, as much as i would like him to get picked up on waivers I, I think he clears waivers and then just about any team can sign him because i think the browns are on the hook for like half of yeah. what he's owed the rest mm -hmm. of the year i'm going to say it's a toss-up to me between baltimore and the la rams uh, i'm gonna go with the rams I, okay. I i think he goes there i think it gives stafford just one more weapon and they're gonna sling the ball all over the field um and you know L.A. seems seems good for OBJ. It's a big enough market, right? LeBron wants him freed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. I got a footnote, and, and I don't know why I never said this, and it just popped in my head. Maybe the 49ers might be an option yeah. for him. Too. They're starting to look really bad. Dog and, shit. And, 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 yeah. and I don't think they they are, that's yeah. what would keep him from. If it's up to OBJ, he's right. going to go where there's a legitimate quarterback in in play, right? So yeah. Stafford fits the bill. Mahomes yeah. fits the bill. Lamar Jackson fits the bill. Maybe he'll go down to Tampa with TB12. I don't know. <laughs> you know, But a legitimate quarterback is where he's Tampa. going. Yeah. Let's talk real quick about the rest of the NFL. I want you guys to pick one of these games and tell me which one proves to you that the NFL is stupid and will never know what we're talking about. This afternoon, the Broncos creamed the Cowboys in Dallas. Jacksonville beat Buffalo 9-6. to The Giants beat the Raiders 23-16. to Arizona beat the 49ers without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Colt Chuck, McCoy. <laughs> yeah, Colt yeah. McCoy led them to a, a big win against the 49ers. Chuck, which of those games is stupid? I'm going to say the Jacksonville Bills one just because uh, a few weeks ago on a Sunday night while we were recording, we all thought the Bills are possibly the best team in the NFL, yeah. and they lost to definitely the worst team in the NFL today uh, that high powered offense did not uh, look high powered at all, but Hey, congrats to uh, Tommy Burke's favorite coach of all time. Urban Meyer <laughs> for getting his first win on us soil. All right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Was that yeah, in yeah. Jacksonville? Now he knows how yeah. to win was it in, in America. It was in America that I know. Well, if Florida's America, yeah. <laughs> I believe I believe it is, yes. All right, Phil, which one of those games is stupid? The Jaguars Bills game was beyond stupid. It was a it was a blizzard score in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> like what the hell is going on here? It was nine to six. Uh just just stupid. All right, Tommy, how about you? Which one I'm of those going a different stupid? route. I'm gonna say Denver going into Dallas. Yeah. And just owning them not sure what dallas was doing today i think they were uh sleepwalking through most of this game how you let denver come in and just own you on your field my guess is uh jerry jones is uh pretty happy right now uh <laughs> the way that went i was going with that one too because i kept on having to like hop online and yeah. see if Dak if it and was true everybody else had gotten hurt in the first <laughs> yeah, half and that's why yeah. they, they weren't playing anymore like because it yeah. was one thing for you know, it's the NFL. So every once in a while, a team like Denver is going to hang 30. But for Dallas, with that offense at home to score like six points or whatever they scored today, <laughs> yeah. you know, at least whatever it was at the end of the first half, they were losing by a lot. But yeah, uh, no, it was that's bad. a pretty stupid game. I'll talk about stupid stuff. Why don't we talk about college football 
and the playoff rankings that were announced last week, Cincinnati and Oklahoma are both ranked in the AP top four and both were left out of the playoff ranking. Cincinnati is still number two in the AP. Oklahoma is still four even after this week's game. Phil, is there any chance that the selection committee rankings are based on something other than the quality of the football team? Yes, there's a huge <laughs> chance because the selection committee is a bunch of uh, pushies. <laughs> no. uh, and they, they set it up. They set it up to protect themselves is what they did. We're not going to put Cincinnati up there because now they got to play their way in instead of just winning out against subpar competition the rest of the season. I don't understand it. It plays into the Buckeyes favor. So I'm okay with it, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand it. I'd be, if I, if I was a, a Bearcat or a Sooner, I'd be pissed off right now. So Tommy, I thought that the playoff system was supposed to help eliminate confusion. <laughs> Does this seem like it's helping in that regard? <laughs> no, you need to, uh, you need to extend this to probably eight teams and then maybe you start getting rid of the confusion. Some of the polls too, like Alabama beats LSU. LSU is terrible. They barely beat them and then they jump Cincinnati. Now I get it. Cincinnati is playing subpar you know, yeah. opponents. Yeah. And uh, almost lost. Yeah. And they yeah. did almost, almost lost lose. Like, yeah. to so, Tulsa I mean, they, or something like that. Right. Week, right. And there's, yeah, they're struggling against teams at times where like they have like one, one win, you know, but they did go to Notre Dame and win. So, so they do have a quality win, but it, it's just, it's tough because uh, it just seems like they want to push these sec teams up there all the time. Alabama is, it's not one of those seasons where Alabama is that dominant. They're not because they're they're struggling as teams but they want to keep them up there. Georgia is the one team I think in the nation that has been dominant. Beyond that, I mean like you said it's just it's so confusing. It's that's why you need to bring in maybe eight teams because it it just doesn't make any sense. So many of these teams the games just don't make sense. I mean the the Buckeyes I love the Buckeyes. Do you? They're not winning. Yet. <laughs> if you guys, if you guys don't know this yet, I'm a, uh, I'm a Buckeyes fan. They haven't looked great either, but they're you know they're they're winning games. This year has actually been a, a weird year. Like n- nobody, you know, nobody is dominating other than Georgia. Chucky, if you had to pick one to go on a date with, would you go out with the AP poll or would you go oh, out geez. with the selection committee poll? He goes out with everybody. Probably the AP poll, just because it's not as questioned as the selection committee. It's not as questionable. So I'd rather go out with somebody solid and reliable and unbiased. How's Boy, that? that's changed a lot in so, 20 years. I thought for sure. Yeah, it was, it is. Questionable yeah. choice. He likes commitment. So, <laughs> so if the season had ended last Friday, Michigan State would have been in the playoff. But the season did not end. Michigan State lost 40 to 29 to Purdue. Drew Brees threw for 350 yards <laughs> for the Boilermakers. So, Phil, with MSU losing, who do you think jumps into that top four in the playoff selection poll next week? The Buckeyes in the playoff selection poll. Chuck? Yeah, Buckeyes. Tommy? Agreed. <laughs> and you made me choke. Yes. You made me choke. <laughs> Your comment earlier made me choke. Sorry. <laughs> but I'm gonna go bug guys. <laughs> well, we're, we might lose Tom tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a shame. Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that, is, that is that tough. Is a yeah. Shame. <laughs> yeah. How will you guys uh move on after that? Purdue knocked off Michigan State this week. The Buckeyes play Purdue next week. Are the Buckeyes beating the Boilermakers? Tommy. Yes. Chuck. Definitely. Phil. Absolutely. With that. Let's close this segment out, take our final break, and we'll head off the field. Maybe Tom will join us. (laughs) (laughs) Unprofessional and Unprepared is brought to you by this proud sponsor. NBA Top Shot, the industry leader in blockchain collectibles, is expanding its collection and looking for new contributors with regular guy Top Shot. Now your day-to-day can become a valuable collectible. All you need is a cell phone video and our crypto tech. Lower the hoop to six feet and posterize your 10-year-old? That could be a collectible an investor might pay millions for. Just turn your 11-year-old daughter's weak cheese into a towering backyard wiffle ball bomb, hit submit, and watch the cash roll in. Smoke your 5-year-old in a race from the car to the house while yelling Usain Bolt? Can you say instant classic? Regular guy Top Shot isn't even limited to sports. 
The next time someone asks you to open a pickle jar, record, submit, and watch as your old man's strength becomes a permanent highlight. Wife needs something from the tall cabinet? Let America see and bid on your impressive reach. Hop on the blockchain collectible train, carefully so you don't turn an ankle, today. Submit your everyday highlights to Regular Guy Top Shot. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We'll head off the field and let's revisit some old topics. Uh, do you guys remember when we talked about basketball highlights being made into non-fungible tokens like Bitcoins? Yep. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino came out last week and said he's going to sell seven uncut scenes from Pulp Fiction as NFTs. He will include the original handwritten scripts from the film and exclusive audio commentary from Tarantino himself. Would you pay for an uncut NFT of the scene where the wolf says, let's not start sucking each other's dicks just yet? <laughs> yes. yes, I would. If I if I had the disposable, disposable cash, I would do that. <laughs> Again, just like it was with basketball highlights, is this just the way of the future and just a new way to invest in a collectible? Or is this like a flash in the pan that's going to be gone in five years? I, I think it is. It's weird, right, that sports highlights might have paved the way for something like this now. But if it's all going to be meta shortly, I, I think it, th there's a place for all of that to exist and be seen and one of ones. I have nothing, uh, you know, that's one of one that's a collectible. So if it's digital and that's where we're all moving uh, to that platform in the next five to 10 years, highly investable, all of that stuff. If people are buying crypto punks for hundreds of millions of dollars, that looks like 8-bit art. Why, why not have something that one of the best directors of our generation had? Tommy, can you explain for our listeners how the NFTs of Pulp Fiction would work? No, I can't. Um, <laughs> but uh, I would agree that, uh, you know, I mean, people are putting money now into just into art in general, like uh, those kind of investments, because people aren't comfortable with just normal investments right now. So it's like they want to put their money into, like I said, like things like art. You know, it's kind of like the new way of putting your money under your mattress, I think. People are just uh, a little worried about what the hell they're going to do with their money at this point. Because it's hard to explain, but it's just it's just not like uh, your normal situation where, you know, you're putting, you know, stock market. Yeah, it, it, it works. But I think people are worried about where things are going to go right now. And it, especially the same thing with um, real estate. The bubble is going to burst. Let's let's go ahead and invest in weird things like Tarantino's uh, whatever the hell he's got. Phil, what do you think? Is this an investment in something that you're going to hold in order to someday turn a profit on? Or are you buying a piece of something you love or both or neither? Or go for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think... <laughs> I think given that it's, it's not a tangible thing, it's, it's an electronic version of something, right? But, it, but as Chuck mentioned, it's, it's one of one This only exists in one case. So I, I think it's a little bit more right now, the investment side of it. I don't think like film buffs, people that are like, I'm going to, I'm going to purchase this and, and invest money into something because I love Quentin Tarantino. They might look more for the tangible thing, right? That's going to end up in a museum at some point. Like, I, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to buy, I don't know, uh, the gun that Samuel L. Jackson had in the car and, sure. you know, whatever, you know, that said though, like, I, so this takes an interesting group of people to, to come forward. Like it's gotta be people that have all the money, like you were buying a piece of art and then people that again, love film, I guess. Right. Because like Chuck said, sports, sports highlights kind of paved the way here. And that's a broad, you know, okay. Sports highlights. Uh, I'm no longer collecting a card. I'm collecting this highlight. And if I buy it, like, what does that mean? Do I show it to you guys? Like on our trip, like, look what I have, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, like, who do you, who, how do you, how do you recuperate value in that? And I guess that's the same with Quentin Tarantino's thing. Like at some point, will there be, a, and maybe there will be, will there be a museum of nothing but flat screen monitors on a wall and all these NFTs are just being pumped into it because they were sold to the, to the collector. I, I have no idea. You might not could be go looking route, right? to, to put it in a museum. I mean, so, you know, like, so if you're think not about the okay. guys who buy like, um, like, wasn't there some nerd 
who was buying up all of the like the Maguire Sosa home run balls yeah, yeah, when that yeah, was going yeah. on. But and, that was, I mean, the, he's not going to put it in a museum necessarily. It might be something he just keeps in his house to show off to his friends, right? And well, then well, sell later and sell later on because it's well, worth it 10 times Todd more. Ma- Todd McFarlane, the, the comic book artist, ended up buying like the record-breaking home run ball, I think, that year. Like, yeah, he, that's the nerd I'm talking about. Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> Sorry, Dinko. Sorry. I, I'm not offended as a comic book artist. <laughs> I'm offended as an Irishman. <laughs> so, uh, so Todd McFarlane did that. And I, I think at some point, though, that's all about return value on investment, right? Do you, you think he's taking that ball outside and like throwing it around with his kid? Like, I don't think he's doing I that. Like, not. Right? Like, at some point, he's going to say, hey, I'm going to now put this up for auction right. or what have you. So I guess the NFTs will go that same route unless this falls apart in five years, in which case they're all worthless. I mean, think about this, Chucky. Isn't the NFT better than something like that? Because if you're going to maintain that record-breaking home run ball, you know, you have got to put it in a place where light is not going to impact it people can't touch it people you know so it doesn't it's it's a lot harder to see whereas i assume this nft will exist on some sort of a digital player that you can you know know, make sure it's charged i suppose (laughs) and then you can and then you can play it when there's upgrades upgrades happen you're you're screwed you can't access (laughs) the file (laughs) chucky never watch your nft on a sunday night (laughs) yeah i know yeah right good grief uh, yeah, I think you're right, because I mean, I don't know when the last time any of you were like to the, the art museum in Cleveland, but there's plenty of rooms you walk in that are black or the lights are very dim. And then when you walk up on something, it actually illuminates the, the piece of art. So I understand what you're saying. Uh, physical tangible is subject to elements that can ruin value or or fade it where electronic, you know, more than likely it's going to be okay. Uh, the only thing that we have in this real world in the last couple of years, I, I was thinking about this this week, actually, uh, that is comparable is that Wu-Tang album that yeah. that dude yeah. bought and yeah. then the government seized it and then they sold it again for again. more. Right. So, yeah. So yeah. There is, even in this world, when it's physical, intangible, somebody is going to pay an awful lot of money yeah. for something mm. that you think is only one of one here i just think we're moving to a digital world man and it's it's time we all embraced it or we're gonna be like we're already old but we're gonna be like yeah. like really old <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like i don't get it like me on on sunday nights when my my computer starts to restart or whatever but uh yeah i, I think it's it's all digital man currency is digital artwork will be now digital we're going to be digital within the next 10 years oh you and zuckerberg <laughs> tommy what movie scene would you pay to own as an NFT, the natural where he hits the uh, home oh, run. Good one. In the, yeah, it's a good choice. Wow. Into the lights. That's, okay. That's I have that what on I want VHS, so do I have to turn that over? Like I can't own that. Then. Yeah. No. Give that to me now. All right. <laughs> Phil, how about you? A movie scene that I would like to own on NFT. How about? Wow, that's. Uh, I think I would probably lean toward uh, something with Val Kilmer in it in Tombstone. So how about oh. the I, Huckleberry. Uh, you know what? I kind of just just as a scene, just as a scene, not yep. a line. You know, just as a scene. I like when he drops his coat and he's got the six shooter and he's heading into the OK Corral. Oh yeah, that's good, Chucky. Oh, I was along the same line. That's why me and Phil are friends. Uh, we should be <laughs> we friends. Should be friends. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was thinking. So I'm, I'm like trying to go as quickly as possible. What the fuck can I own forever and ever digital form? Uh, so if I if Phil is going to take the tombstone route, maybe it's uh, Shawshank. Maybe it's uh, mm-hmm. the Get Busy Living or Get Busy Dying. You oh, got yeah, damn right. Uh, maybe it's that yeah. uh, something right. that um, every time you see it, or or maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it's the sack and Rudy. Because <laughs> that always makes me feel good. <laughs> Chuck, you, you you were going the same way I was. The the scene that I picked when I sat down and thought about it for a little bit was uh was like red on his way to Te Wataneo. He goes and he, yeah. you know, Shawshank Redemption, he goes and he digs up the box and he gets on the yeah. bus and and rides down there. Man, I thought that was what I would uh spend my NFT money on. Maybe that's coming. Maybe our day will will come where we get to do that with our favorite movie scenes and then make Denko return all the VHS tapes to us. <laughs> and for some reason he still has kicking around his house, but fellas, let's dive into the worst fantasy league ever. Phil, you're not mad. You're just disappointed. Uh, it was a tie. Uh, my team is that bad that I had two 
individuals I was disappointed. One was the Indianapolis Colts defense who netted me zero points because I started them unaware that our good buddy Anderson Sandejo was starting for them this week. (laughs) So I got zero out of my defense. And then my starting running back had one carry for three yards. That was it. Uh, Chase Edmonds, way to go. Uh, Phil, you're going to win our game. Team Silver. (laughs) Chuck, how about you? You're not mad. You're just disappointed. Well, did anybody else pay attention that Kyler Murray wasn't playing? I completely <laughs> forgot <laughs> to remove him from my lineup. And yeah. when I went in there around 3.30 today, I noticed that, oh, there I was like, ah, oh, shit. Uh, so I'm disappointed <laughs> in Kyler Murray for not being healthy enough to play and uh, win anyway without him. Tommy? Well, I'm lucky that uh, Team Vodka is not paying attention to his team. So <laughs> I have a zero line for Dallas who had no points as my kicker, but it really doesn't matter because uh, Joey's still got Ronald Jones in there for Tampa Bay and um, he's on a bye. <laughs> I- I'm doing pretty well. I'm up by almost 100 points. And yeah, it's not looking good for Joe. I can't even score 100 <laughs> points total. <laughs> right. So uh, yeah, Joey is not. Uh, not paying attention much. Uh, All right, so you're not mad. You're just disappointed in Joe. Um, I'm going to go with a <laughs> right. player on my team, right? James Robinson. They didn't announce until like 20 minutes for kickoff today that this guy wasn't playing. And by then, I definitely wasn't paying attention to my lineup anymore. So he got me zero points. <laughs> well, who's getting extra orange slices? Uh, I'm going to give extra orange slices to Lamar Jackson this week because of his turnovers. He kept the game close and he went to overtime. So he racked up some more points and he amassed, I think, a third of my total points yeah. <laughs> this week. <laughs> Chucky, how about you? It should be Joe Mixon, but he can kiss my fucking ass after today <laughs> with the Browns sticking it to him. Uh, but I'm going to have to stick like every okay, week. Then. Travis Kelsey, uh, I think he had the, the the second most points on my team and didn't even have that great of a game. It was a bad week for the Taylor Swifts. But <laughs> I'm going to say Kelsey. <laughs> Tommy, how about you? Was yeah. there a player on your fantasy team who you had in your lineup who you thought did a good job and deserves extra orange slices? Jonathan Taylor for uh oh man for Andy yeah. that was a good a guy 47 points. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I started out 47 to nothing. Little did I know that uh, Vaca would not be playing a full squad. So that started out well. All right, I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara. He was the only guy on my team who played well, and I'm going to lose to Denko because I'm going to score something like 78 points. I don't know, man. This week, like, you, no, you no, could no, no. still win. I could. You got two guys playing right now. If Tennessee yeah. decides to play offense, I'm in right. trouble. Right. <laughs> right. It's not looking good. Not looking good so far. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's start talking some shit for next week's games. Chucky, you get to go first. You play Tom Burke next week. Yeah. Tommy, what do you got? Tries to duck me. And then at the last minute, says, I'm good for tonight after <laughs> pulls out. <laughs> Like he's in college. I always with some weird broad on a Saturday night. Um, (laughs) You know, it's good to see your face, Tom. Uh, I hope next week. I know you'll have something, some third cousin's roller skating party that you won't be able to be here for. (laughs) But I hope I can look you in the eye next week and tell you. Hey, good game, buddy. I'm glad we both had fun on a Sunday playing fantasy sports. Uh, but other than that, you can go eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> a whole bag? Oh. Tommy, Tommy, you're up. You play Chuck. <laughs> Chuck and suck it. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a good week. Um, I think we should talk some shit maybe all week long, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I never know what to say with the uh, trash talking and flag or flag flag football and <laughs> fantasy football. Wow. Well, I got flag football in my head because my kids are playing right now. Actually, I don't want to talk trash. I just want to come there and eat some of your mom's uh, pasta because right. damn it, that sounds good. Okay, close enough, Tommy. Thanks. Thanks for playing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Phil, you're up. You're playing Miller next week. I'm playing Miller next week in lieu of the the very recent trash talking from the guys below us. I'm, I'm going to say, I can't, I can't compete with Chuck in that. And I can definitely best Tom. So here we go. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm playing Miller. This matchup will probably be for second to last place in our, our division. And that's a big leap for my team. I'm going to say, I think uh, there's only one thing that Miller's worse at than driving. And that's setting his lineup. And I think I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to, I'm going to use this to my advantage and start a bunch of guys that aren't buys and come out with a victory. 
All right. Very good. <laughs> I'm playing Bonhard next week. Junior year of high school, Bonhard's mom convinced me to dye my hair blonde. Uh, that type of bad decision making may be hereditary. And I think I can use that to my advantage. Bonhard's going down to try to get myself back on top of this division. I remember that look. Junior. Yes. Don't look. start talking shit now, Tom. Oh, <laughs> Too, late. Too late. Too late. <laughs> Boys. I'm not playing you. So. We're out of time. I am out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning that the Browns cut a key member of the offense that never quite worked out. Fullback Johnny Stanton. <laughs> With that story about improving team chemistry behind us, I hope you guys have a great week. And let's do this again real soon. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs>
his age or more in points, yeah. we ought to yeah. win something, right? Like, <laughs> right. Absolutely. Like, like three to. tacos or something for like the oh, entire least, city, yeah. something like that. Yeah. He had 37 today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He couldn't miss from three at yeah, all. It's way he better did. than stealing a base in the World Series. I mean, please. <laughs> If yeah. Ricky Rubio stole a base in the World Series, I'd be pretty impressed. <laughs> that I would love too. Yeah. yeah. Definitely should get a free taco for that. Didn't Johnny Stanton have more touchdowns than OBJ? He did. I think they signed him to the practice squad. No one picked him up. So he's oh. still in the fold. Yes. Nice. Yeah. I was, yeah. I, was, I, was, I didn't want to add all that in. Yeah, yeah, closing, yeah no, no, But yes, he, he was resigned. Funny then, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the yeah. whole discussion about how he's uh, right. What do you think? You know, like I saw that today, and it got me thinking. Like, what does a guy make if he's on the practice squad? More than us. Probably. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So, so is is are those guys just making the league minimum? Maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, they're on the roster. They're they're there every yeah. day. They're just designated practice squad guys, right? So, so they make the they make minimum. they right make now. fourteen thousand bucks per week. That's oh, way that more is? than me. A week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's way more. <laughs> Jesus fourteen Christ, grand a week. A week. It's <gasps> it's two hundred and fifty two thousand for the season. Jeez, that's good money. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you get your ass kicked all week long because you're 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 there practice your scout team your scout team for the for the week yeah. you know yeah um well now i'm reading something else that says it's only 9200 per week uh-oh it's going That's down so good 165,000 165,000 for the year and you get a lot of time off because it's, it's yeah. per week in the season yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know and you get probably i'm assuming you get a lot of meals for free too gear yeah yeah. Expenses are probably minimal, right? Yeah. 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 So if you're out there and you're interested in being on the practice squad, <laughs> when are open practice squad tryouts happening? Yeah. <laughs> Show up to Berea tomorrow. Yeah, I need to borrow your chip helmet, Gerber. <laughs> I can't let I you would... do that. What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown? You didn't use you? <laughs>